Paul's letter to the Hebrews 11:24-26, 32-40. Brethren, by faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill-treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign enemies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains, and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Dash, dash, dash. There are two points to this passage. Paul begins with a reference to Moses, who deliberately and specifically rejected his position as a son of Pharaoh so as to be part of the people of God, the Israelites. The story is well known. The Pharaoh, out of fear of the Israelites becoming too numerous and overthrowing their masters the Egyptians, put a new law in place that any child born to the Israelites, if male, was to be immediately put to death. Through the ingenuity of his mother, Moses was placed in a basket and sent into the water of the Nile River, to be discovered by the daughter of the Pharaoh. Moses' sister then offered to find a nurse to take care of the child, as the daughter of the Pharaoh wanted to take the child for herself and raise it in the Pharaoh's household. Moses' sister brought Moses' birth mother and she took care of the child for the Pharaoh's daughter. Eventually coming to understand who he was and that the Israelites were his people, he turned his back on the Pharaoh's household and embraced the deprivation and hardship of being an Israelite. The metaphor here is interesting. Just as Moses became part of the household of Pharaoh but upon learning of his true lineage, rejected it and embraced suffering, so too mankind, through the sin of Adam, became part of the race of fallen men and were enslaved to sin and death. But it is when Jesus accomplished the work of his incarnation that men can turn away from enslavement to a fallen nature and embrace a new life in Jesus Christ. The second point, which builds on the first is shown in the distinction between life in the Old Covenant and the coming life in the New Covenant. Paul goes on to explain how Moses, as well as all of the others to whom he refers, sought after a life of obedience to YHWH. But because the Messiah had not yet come, the life and blessings of obedience to which they looked forward, would come only after a time of waiting. Prior to the Incarnation, there was no true blessing or rescue from the power of sin and death. The sacrificial system that God gave to men would only provide a covering for their sin and not a cleansing or freedom from death. Regardless of one's obedience or disobedience, the end result would be the same. The grave would eventually embrace everyone and in the grave they would remain until the resurrection of the Son of God. Those who were faithful prior to the Incarnation could only look forward to the promised Messiah. They could only wait for His arrival, while being in bondage to death. They would surely enjoy the blessings of the Old Covenant for their faithfulness while alive but with the coming of death, there was only the grave. Paul describes the terrible suffering that all those faithful in the time prior to Jesus Christ underwent. These horrific tortures that they endured took place with the hope that one day the Messiah would arrive and they would be freed from the power of death, inheriting eternal life and rising from the grave with the Messiah. We who have been born after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ do not have this same type of suffering. Those born in the new covenant have a transition from our earthly life into eternal life. 
Physical death as a disembodied state is a temporary, short-term condition. We are not enslaved to death, we are not entombed in the darkness of the grave, we pass from this life into eternal life, a state of bliss in the immediate presence of God. It is at the final judgment, when we answer for the good we did and did not do, that we will receive back our perfected, physical bodies. This is the promise that those of the Old Covenant were looking for but could not have. God foreknew the coming of the Messiah and it is only with His incarnation that the promises of His work would come to fruition. In this we see the oneness of the body of Christ. Those of the Old Covenant and those of the New Covenant are one in the body of Christ. This is not a matter of the Church replacing the Jews. It is with the arrival of Jesus Christ and His work of redemption that the Old Covenant is fulfilled and life is given to all. Jesus' redemptive work saves all for all time. It is by embracing Jesus Christ as the Messiah that fulfills the promise that the Old Covenant faithful looked forward to.